It's time for episode number eight of Precipe Your Luck. This week, we talk about the Ribolita we made last week. And then we play another thrilling round of Time Machine Precipe Your Luck, courtesy of some former Serious Eats weekly email. I'm Ian, and here's Kate. Hi, everyone. So this week, I'm going to talk about pizza. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Several years back, I became obsessed with making pizza at home. I was going through some stuff. I was just diagnosed with psoriasis. My career was unfulfilling and directionless. And um, in an effort, a doctor, not one of my good doctors, uh, put me on some meds that made everything so, so much worse. And then doubled the dose, taking things to a whole new level of despair. You remember that, Ian? Yeah. Fun times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real high watermark. (laughs) Anyway, pizza, I, I guess it's good. We can laugh about it now. Yeah. Pizza made me hopeful. Pizza gave me something to focus on. And what I focused pretty much exclusively on at first was the crust. Because without a good crust, I don't, you know, it's not a pizza I want to enjoy. I'm not someone who's going to, my mother just eats the tops off pizzas, which is all fine. I'm not, there's no yuck and yums here. Just, yep. You know, I want to enjoy the crust. And everyone, of course, is going to describe a good crust differently. I grant you that. So I was looking for our version of a good crust. Um, Of course, we had some limitations. We weren't going to go buy a separate pizza oven, even though, you know, every once in a while we tour a real fancy house that had an outdoor pizza oven. I'm like, I could use that, but I wouldn't. (laughs) Anywho, um... But we have developed, so given our limitation of our pizza oven, we did go on to develop, and I say we because Ian was involved in all the experiments, um, mostly as an eater, but later (laughs) as a cooker, uh, slash baker, slash pizza topper. He is a pizza topper extraordinaire. Uh, A solid New York-style pizza crust, a good Chicago-style, a workable deep dish. Um, I'm still not really good at the cracker crust, which is my, that's my holy grail. Not there yet. Getting there someday. Yep. Anyway, on the serious eat side, I kept seeing Kenji's Neapolitan pizza crust recipe. Well, Neapolitan pizza recipe. I'd read the blog post. I'd read the recipe and it just, just seemed like too complicated to move it from the cooktop to the oven. Back to the cooktop, all in this cast iron pan. And our oven and our cooktop aren't really next to each other, so there was some danger involved. <laughs> um, but it just it just looked so good. And we hadn't actually made pizza in a while. We've been ordering it out more. Um, but, you know, last, last weekend I announced to Ian, I'm like, we're trying a new crust. And of course, you were down for that, right, Ian? Yep. And I told him to read the recipe because I knew I was going to make him carry the pan back and forth. <laughs> anyway, come to the end. Loved the crust. Loved it. Uh, Kenji was a little bossy in his directions about how to properly top that kind of pizza. And we didn't top it that way. We topped it how we wanted to top it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we otherwise followed the instructions from the... We went from the stovetop to the oven, back to the stovetop, and that pizza was so good. It made me so happy, and I felt that same sense of satisfaction, and um, I think I really needed that because I'm trying so many new things now professionally. I needed to remind myself that, 
that I have that inner resiliency to try new things and succeed. Yeah. Um, Ian, I don't think the pizza had the same emotional resonance with you as it did with me. <laughs> what did you think of the pizza? Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I, you know, it's funny. That's not what I would actually describe as one of my favorite styles typically, but I thought it was really good. I actually really enjoyed it. It looks real arty. Yeah, it I think does. that's. I think that appeals to me in a certain sense, in a certain way, because it's like the pretentious pizza. I think I feel. I guess I have kind of a similar issue with, you know, almost anything that is, uh, uh, that that's supposed to be, you know, actually a little charred, right? Almost a little burnt mm-hmm. when you serve it, right? It's. I always feel like it's such a fine line between getting that, that, you know, that good flavor versus. Oh no! Now this just tastes like charcoal. Right? <laughs> well, I don't and think ours tasted like charcoal. No, no. Charcoal. That's what I was about to say. Was so I think even though the directions might have seemed a little fussy, I think they made it real easy to not end up with charcoal. Agreed. Whereas I've you know I've gotten charcoal in fancy restaurants. Oh yeah, me too. That's you know, disappointing. So yeah, that. So yeah, no. I was I was quite pleased with it. It was good. Okay, good. Uh, well, moving on to last week's meal, our listeners chose the one pan chicken sausage and Brussels sprouts recipe. But we went a different way. We chose the Tuscan Ribolito with summer vegetables. Every summer, we find ourselves with more vegetables than we know what to do with. The solution, an Italian soup called Ribolita. Actually, it's an Italian stew. Or actually, it's an Italian pancake. It's all three of those things, depending on how long you cook it. All depends on what you're in the mood for tonight. So where did we buy the ingredients? We bought them at Central Market. And we didn't need a lot of other ingredients for everything else, so we just bought vegetables and coffee. It was a pretty cool cart. <laughs> um, how did we de- deviate from the recipe? We left out the celery, a.k.a. Satan's Dental Floss. Mm-hmm. Uh, some vegetables were made probably a little over on weight, and prob- some were just a little bit under, but they were super close. I made sure of that. Uh, I appreciated having specific weights in the recipe because I'm not entirely sure what a medium onion is supposed to be. But the ones at Central Market are generally the size of, of grapefruit, <laughs> which seems like large or extra large to me. Uh, anyway, we also left out the basil, but added some chili pepper to make to make up for it. I thought that basil smelled real strong. That was just yeah. a, that was just a big turn off for me. Yeah, basil is another one of those things for me. I, I don't mm. mind it in a real yeah, light touch. Yeah, there was supposed to be like a cup of it in that recipe. Yeah, that was going to be way too much. Um, how was? Oh, how long did it take? Okay, this recipe took me about two hours, factoring yeah. in all the chopping and rinsing of the vegetables. I don't have great knife skills. I, I have all my fingers, so yay. <laughs> but I go kind of slow. I would have been, if I'd been hoping to make this after work, because I got off early that day, and have in a reasonable amount of time, I would have been really cheesed, because it took a long time. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, that, that, I'm sorry. That just does not seem like a weeknight meal to me at all. I, I agree. Um, okay, uh, how was the cleanup? It wasn't too bad. I dirtied up a lot of bowls of prep with prep vegetables, but they washed up real easy. Other than that, it was just cutting board and knife in the pot. Okay, and uh, leftover potential? Super high. I ate that meal two more times. All right, so the results. I liked it. I was surprised that I liked it. Um, I decided I was, we actually did not have that meal that night. Um, Ian was not such a fan. I don't want to give your answers away, Ian. <laughs> uh, but I decided, you know, I tasted, I'm like, you know, okay. 
So I decided I was going to have it for lunch. And even while I was reheating it for lunch, I was thinking, why am I doing this? I'm not going to like this. But I told myself to try a bite of each vegetable. And after I did that, I'm like, okay, well, you can do that again. And the more I ate it, the more I liked it. I was, I'm still surprised by it. And yeah. Yeah. What'd you think, Ian? Uh, yeah, I didn't like it as much as you did. Um, I, it, it was, I don't know, it hit a weird note for me, I, th- I think is what it really boiled down to. Like, somehow the, like it had, it had some sweetness, but also some bitterness. And I don't know, that the combo just didn't, it felt, I guess, out, a little out of balance to me. I wasn't and, getting much bitterness. And then the other thing was uh, texturally, I, I think that was mostly comes down to the squash. I'm, uh, squash, I'm just not a huge fan of texturally, and uh, I had trouble kind of working around that part of it too. So, so yeah, I mean, I tried it, and I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I didn't. I was worried I was going to really hate it, and I didn't really hate it. I just, you know, I could have eaten it if I had to, um, but at the same time, yeah, it was it, it was. It was unpleasant enough that I chose to go get us something else to eat. Well, Ian, and you don't like soup in the summer. I like soup. Every weather, soup weather for me. <laughs> you don't like soup in the summer. And the fact it was 100 degrees outside, I think, really colored, potentially colored your opinion of this meal. There's probably some truth to that. Yeah. I also think it would be better for, I think both of us would enjoy it more if we switched out one of the squashes for some cannoli beans, like the recipe suggested, to make it more wintry. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I think beans, so you wouldn't have two squashes with that same textural consistency. I kind of thought all the vegetables had cooked long enough that all the vegetables kind of had the same texture. Yeah. I don't know. I still liked it. I liked it the next day. Oh, that's great. I never did make it into the weird pancake things. I didn't really get what that was, but... I got to admit that surprised me. I think even more was that that you said it was actually good for lunch the next day. I really, for whatever reason, I just I didn't. I thought I guess I thought by the second time you heated it up, it would just turn into mush. No, it's good. So I'm glad it was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to next week's meal. Uh, we are still using historical emails provided by Nikki at Serious Eats. Ian, read us those rules. Okay. We're going to play a pressure luck style game. You have to pick one of these five recipes to make, uh, but you pick one and only one. Once you pass on one, it's gone forever. So you'll hear Monday, and you have to decide if that's the one you want or go on to Tuesday. If you make it to Friday, you have to take the Friday recipe. And with that, here we go. Cool. Monday. Easy gazpacho. The key to this super fast gazpacho is layering and salting the vegetables above the bread so that their exuded juices get sopped up before blending. Bonus, it makes great leftovers for lunch tomorrow. Are you ready to return to a soup, but this time a cool soup? The fact that it's a cold soup does make me tempted, but on the whole, I'm going to have to say no. Okay. It'll be a while before I want to try a soup again, I think. (laughs) Let's move on. Tuesday. 30-minute pressure cooker chicken with chickpeas, tomatoes, and chorizo. The pressure cooker is an amazing device for making dinner in very short order. Here, canned chickpeas, roasted tomatoes, smoked paprika, and chorizo come together to form a flavorful base for fall-off-the-bone tender chicken legs. It all cooks in under half an hour start to finish. 
This looks like chicken on top of tomato soup. Hmm. Interesting. We have another chicken and sausage choice. I know. Doesn't chicken stand alone? And with pressure cooked chicken, you don't get that good, yummy chicken skin, which I guess that's not the goal, but. But yeah, it really is often the best part of the chicken. Shh. Um, also keeps making me think of, um, what's that Cajun chicken and sausage and rice thing that we've made once or twice that was uh, really good? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember what it's called either. This okay. doesn't have well, any rice in it. Oh, I know. It just, all the Which chicken just looks and like, I swear it looks like chicken legs sitting on top of tomato soup and chickpeas. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, pressure cooker chicken's not floating my boat right now, so okay. I, I'm going to pass. Wednesday. One skillet salmon with curried leeks and yogurt herb sauce. This easy recipe for one skillet salmon with curried leeks delivers perfectly cooked fish with a crispy seared skin. A tangy, refreshing yogurt sauce adds a bright kick. Well, we've, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We're not big salmon fans. It's a fishy fish. But I did read that you could switch out Arctic char, I think, for salmon if you're, like, trying to work your way up to salmon. Hmm. Yeah, there are several words in there that just set off my big alarm. Yeah, curried low. is also problematic. Yeah. That's the one that I'm still not a big fan of. So Yeah, and leeks should really only be in potato soup. That's not true. I like the leeks in the other soup. Apparently, I like leeks in soup. What there do I know go. about leeks? I'm not going to judge leeks. I love you, leeks. <laughs> All right. I All right. think we, we're going to pass, though. Yep. Here we go for then for Thursday. Vietnamese grilled lemongrass pork chops. I'm not even going to try the Vietnamese pronunciation. <laughs> uh, Vietnamese lemongrass grilled pork chops is one of the easiest Vietnamese restaurant dishes to replicate at home. All you need is a few common ingredients for the marinade, shallots, lemongrass, garlic, sugar, pepper, and fish sauce, some thinly sliced pork chops, and a nice hot fire. These look like pork chops on top of a bed of rice with a side of sliced cucumber. We can leave off the cucumber. What do you think, Ian? We haven't had pork chops in a while. We haven't. I like lemongrass. Do you? Yeah. We've had a few things with lemongrass in it that I liked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in for that. Okay, you don't want to push it to Friday? No, I'm not feeling brave. We're going to take Thursday. We're going to take Thursday. I like Vietnamese food. Yeah, I was just about to say, you typically are a bigger fan of Vietnamese food than I am. But I I like pho. And their coffee with the sweetened condensed milk is pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then for everybody else, Friday. Pesto a la Trapanese. Is that how you pronounce that? I don't know. I think that's Sicilian right. Sicilian pesto. You don't see the words. Sicilian pesto with almonds and tomatoes. It looks like mushrooms. I don't know. Pesto a la Trapanese is Sicily's answer to... Le- Liguria's more famous, sorry guys, more famous basil-rich pesto sauce. They have a lot in common as both are full of fresh basil, nuts, garlic, olive oil, and cheese. But where the Ligurian pesto uses pine nuts, this one uses almonds, and then adds juicy tomatoes on top of that. I think you picked the winner, Ian. Ooh, yeah. the weekend project is the one, oh, one bowl overnight cinnamon rolls, which are good. Oh, that those are the ones we made yeah, a few weeks ago? We have, we have a batch of those in the freezer. Oh, those are Ready good. Ready for when you're a good husband. <laughs> so, so it'll be a while. <laughs> but 
Potentially. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for all the freezer burn on them by the time we get through them. Okay. I'm looking forward yeah. to these pork chops. Yeah, pork chops sound good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Precipe Your Luck. Visit our website at www.precipeyourluck.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you played along tonight, use this week's survey to tell us what you picked. You can find a link to the survey in the episode notes. For Kate, I'm Ian, and we'll be back next week. Bye!